0: Extreme
1: Welcome to the Bunts Seats Podcast, episode number thirty one. We are back in the land of extreme. I'm Nick, alongside Emily. Hello. How do you feel about being back with ECW?
0: I was more excited about this than I guess I should have been. I was really pumped. Like, we'll get into the, like the the ins and outs of the show, but like, I really like ECW, and I was excited to watch this.
1: Yeah, we did watch two of the more celebrated shows going into this as like setup. So yeah,
0: I think that might have been a mistake, almost.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to kind of give you more of a sense this is not going to be as good as heatwave 98 spoilers no. but do you think it did better or worse business than that one show
0: i want to say worse you actually
1: it actually did slightly better really mid 98 they've been really kind of holding steady around the 70 000 to 75,000 pay pay-per-view buys mm. the information with these pay-per-view buys isn't always as super accurate but this show apparently did 75,000 and next month we'll do 99,000
0: compared to the you know competition i understand the allure of ecw like that is not lost on me i do understand it but just the quality of this it, it wasn't it wasn't up to my ecw standard i suppose which i guess is inflated
1: i was debating whether to ask you this at the beginning or end but was this a better show than slammery
0: this actually felt like a pay-per-view so yes
1: why do you say that? Because bits of it don't. And we start off with that pretty early on. We are at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. Poughkeepsie. It's May 16th, 1999. So we are in the proper point in our timeline. We get Joey Stiles welcoming us. And he's like immediately interrupted by Tammy Lynn Sitch and Chris Candido.
0: Wait, is Tammy Lynn Bitch?
1: No, that's later.
0: Wait, I thought her. I thought her name, I thought she was billed as Tammy Lynn Bitch.
1: That's Dawn Marie later in the show. This is Tammy Lynn Sitch, a.k.a. I am... Sunny.
0: Okay, we're just going to get this out of the way right now. I don't know which woman is which or who is who. I am so confused who Tammy Lynn is, who Beulah is, who Don Marie is. I am so confused okay. with the women in this company. So I feel like that's fair. Well,
1: just be- it's, be- it's because Dawn Marie is doing all of the confusion.
0: Yeah, but they're also not calling her Dawn Marie.
1: <laughs> I know, but we know it's Dawn Marie, and she's been called Dawn Marie before this. I'm just choosing to ignore her stuff. This is Tammy Lynn Sitch, a.k.a. Sunny.
0: Can we just call them Sunny, Don Marie,
1: sure, and we'll call her Beulah,
0: Sunny. I guess? I don't know who's the third woman in this. If
1: Beulah is part of the story, but not here tonight. Francine, who... Francine,
0: yeah. yes. Sunny, Don Marie, Francine. Those are the three characters. There's no Beulah, there is well, there no... Well,
1: Beulah's not here tonight, but Beulah no is... No Tammy ins- Lynn,
0: bitch. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it.
1: So Chris Candido and Tammy Lynn Sitch come Stop out. Stop it! <laughs> Joey Styles notes, like, you're like two hours early for the main event. What the hell are you doing here? And Candido notes that Match is now quick with lots of interference. This is true. So that's what I'm going to do. And he introduces his insurance policy, the Dudley Boys.
0: Which kind of becomes, like, the whole storyline of the show, which I really liked.
1: Yeah, this seems to be a pilot for the APA.
0: Yeah, you said that we were watching.
1: Yeah, they bring out as the insurance policy. They're getting hired to take guys out. And they will say to people, don't take this ass whooping personally, which appears on the back of an APA shirt. I'm like, <laughs> wow, they just stole that shirt later. Yes, I guess they did. The Acolytes are a team now, but they don't become the APA until like 2000.
0: Mm. I did note that Chris Candido introduces himself as man with the greatest body and is the greatest sex symbol, to which I noted, Scott Steiner must be quaking.
1: Well, he used to be part of a team called the Body Donnas.
0: Body Donnas?
1: Yes. Ew. So the Dudleys come out, and in the background of them coming out, you just hear mild she's a crack whore chants.
0: Which, even for 1999, is so crass.
1: So as the Dudleys come in, Joey Styles bails. He hates the Dudleys, and they kind of hate him back. So it's like, yeah, all right, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Candido says he can beat Taz straight up, but he has the Dudleys just in case. Also says he's going to be the new champion tonight, which prompts Taz to come out. Double lines the Dudleys, and apparently this match is happening now.
0: Yeah, this what was the main event is now the opener.
1: Yeah, so we for the ECW title, we have Taz versus Chris Candido. Taz hits a German suplex Candido, followed shortly by a front Tazplex. Candido hits a powerbomb. Candido goes up top, misses a diving headbutt. Taz hits a T-bone, Taz mission, and just wins in like a minute.
0: Yeah, it was a very quick match.
1: As quickly as he wins, he gets up and just eats a 3D.
0: Yeah. And he was like, what the f- I do love the 3D. Oh,
1: the 3D is one of the most beautiful moves Mm -hmm. ever. I'm really sad that Dudley Boys will not be in WCW at any point.
0: Yeah, but honestly, I think they... I've said this later on in this show, too, but they thrive in ECW, and they are underutilized in WWE to begin with. This is where they belong.
1: I think, was it the promo here or was it a different promo where you heard them go, thou shalt not fuck with the Dudleys? And you were like, oh, I love it.
0: I think I've heard them say that before in, like, one of the other ECW shows that we watch. And, I mean, yes, it's fantastic. Like, that is the best catchphrase.
1: So we then go to the commentary booth and Cyrus the Virus shows up. He
0: Okay, yeah, I was so confused by this whole bit.
1: Yeah, so... I have a little more information on this than you do in terms of just like knowing what to expect. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: so Cyrus the Virus is with the network in Kayfabe. Okay. You know, kind of like a standards and practices kind of thing. Oh,
0: you put the network in air quotes. You actually mean like the television network in kayfabe. In
1: kayfabe, yeah. He has no affiliation with them in reality. I
0: thought you were only saying like the network as if they were like an ECW faction or something. No, no, no. no. Which isn't that far off of what other ones are called, so. No, however,
1: (laughs) I want to say there will be a group in WCW called Standards and Practices.
0: Yeah, see, I'm not far off.
1: Cyrus is Don Callis, who is currently the manager for... Kenny Omega in AEW. Oh, cool. Who is frequently being called a carney piece of shit on uh, AEW it. television. Great. So Cyrus comes out and he's like, Joey, don't worry. I have complete creative control over your character. Cyrus is here to just make insider references for about three matches. He's not the worst, but everything he says is like, ooh, g- get it? The dirt sheets, inside reference. Oh, you need to get over. You have heat with backstage it was grating on me it
0: it felt unnecessary too to like the entire show it didn't have any weight also like he when he came up to joey styles booth he was just kind of telling joey like everything's fine don't worry about the format just because everything's a little weird right now don't worry about it like if i was joey i'd also be a little concerned i'm like my main event just went first and now i don't know what the hell is happening don't worry about it man everything's fine like okay then tell me what's happening
1: I don't know. It, it's
0: stupid. It was. It was. A, I didn't like Cyrus's it, gimmick.
1: It weirdly reeks of, of Vince Russo, and I know he has literally not even a shred of credit for this. So it's just like
0: every day we get closer and closer to Vince Russo coming to WCW.
1: So after Cyrus kind of joins Joey on commentary, we still have the Dudley Boys in the ring. Bubba Ray grabs a mic and kind of brags a bit about their recent accomplishments. <laughs>
0: this
1: is good. A few items of note during this promo. They say they hacked up the Sandman. Which Which was great. I thought that was a great line.
0: That was great.
1: Devon eats live bait, which...
0: I don't get that one.
1: ...might be a reference to Chastity's porn recently being discovered, which was called live bait.
0: Why would he eat it?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think you just wanted to...
0: He just wanted to say live bait somehow.
1: I'm guessing either wanted to say live bait or was making an oral sex joke. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a stretch either way, but if that's a chastity jab, then I like it. It's kind of funny.
1: I'm guessing it was, because it was the only one I had no context for, and I'm like, I guess guess it's that? Because then they say they broke up the Eliminators, and now Perry Saturn wears a dress. That
0: one was my favorite.
1: (laughs) Says they also kicked RVDs and Sabu's stinking ass, which...
0: Got him. Yeah. You know.
1: Bubba challenges anyone to fight them right now, which prompts Balls Mahoney to come out.
0: Who the hell is Balls Mahoney?
1: I don't really have an answer for it. He's just like... His character seems to be... I'm an ECW guy. <laughs> you know? Just, okay. just generally around ECW. So this seems to start as a handicap match, and Balls manages to fight him off for a bit, including a top rope, like, falling elbow. It wasn't great. It was
0: not a dive. It was It was a... I don't know, a flounder at best.
1: Yeah, there, there's a mild you fucked up chant to this. Yes. He then covers Bubba for a pin. I'm like, oh, this is a match?
0: Well, they did say that they wanted to have a, like a brawl with somebody. Well,
1: they said they wanted to fight somebody, but like there was no bell ringing at the start of oh, this. Yes, so it they was, they was just like, now. oh, okay, I guess I'll pin him now. He goes up top, and they both toss him off the top rope until Highway to Hell starts playing.
0: Which I did not know that this was this person's intro music. Yeah,
1: apparently it's little Spike Dudley's theme.
0: Had no idea. So, at this point in ECW, Spike Dudley is already estranged from the Dudley Boys?
1: I think he was last, he was last show, too.
0: Is he ever, like, not estranged from them? Because he's definitely estranged in WWE. I don't think I've ever seen him, like, no, he, unify with them. I don't think...
1: He was unified with them for a, for a little while in WWE, like, when he yeah. first came in. Really?
0: and then they did he, the, like, immediately turned.
1: Well, he didn't turn. They did the, like, Romeo and Juliet thing with him and Molly Holly. Yeah. Because it was the Dudleys and the Hollies. It's like, oh, you two. And then I think what we're currently watching in 2002, him and Bubba have teamed up because they split up the Dudley boys. And they're like, mm-hmm. we're going to make Bubba a single star. And then they had nothing to do with Bubba's him. Bubba's so. not
0: a singles guy.
1: He actually... Later in his career is, and is fantastic really? asset
0: Okay, that's good. It's when he goes
1: as Bully Ray. It's mm-hmm. a whole TNA thing. and
0: TNA. It's like, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that the WWE utilized the Dudley Boys properly. Because, like, Devon even gets annoying when he goes off to being, like, Reverend Devon.
1: And talks about the evils of masturbation. I, I
0: just find him annoying.
1: I want to move on from the Dudley Boys history segment here, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> I cannot leave this without telling you who in TNA Bubba Ray... Sorry, I guess Bully Ray marries in kayfabe. Oh, God, who? Brooke Hogan.
0: Brooke knows best, man.
1: So Spike Dudley comes through the crowd, and the Dudley boys are like looking up up at the stage, expecting him there. So he hits a low blow on both of them, and then hits an acid drop. Balls vault Spike onto sign guy, and then back inside. And the three play catch with Spike Dudley until... The Dudleys just yeet him over the ropes to the outside.
0: (laughs) There is really no other way to say that. It looked rough. It did look rough. That man takes a lot of hits.
1: Fuck you Bubba chance leads to a big Samoan drop and then a table entering the ring. Bubba goes to dive through Spike on a table but then gets low blowed but manages to hit a Brett's Rope Bubba Bomb through the table.
0: The Bubba Bomb. That's just a good name for a move.
1: This only gets a two as Balls breaks up the delayed pin.
0: Anytime <laughs> you say Balls, I'm gonna giggle. I'm sorry.
1: Devon gives Spike his last rights before a 3D, <laughs> but Balls breaks up the pin with a chair and then hits two big chair headshots on the Dudley Boys. That's kind of his thing, too, is just mm. big chair shots. Joel Gertner then comes in the ring and hits the lightest chair shot.
0: Literally just taps him. Well,
1: Luckily, it's meant to be bullshit, because Balls is just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Joel then throws matches at Balls. So Balls then suddenly has lighter fluid and drinks it and blows a fireball at Joel Gertner. Which
0: was so fucking cool.
1: Yeah, like it wasn't that close to him, but the visual was cool enough where I'm like, ah, it's fine.
0: It was worth it. I mean, I, anytime I see somebody successfully do like a fireball like that, I think about the failure of Hogan's fireball. I'm like, this is what you wanted. This is beautiful.
1: Then get a low blow on balls.
0: 3D. <laughs>
1: Dudley's win.
0: A, literally a low blow on balls.
1: <laughs> Apparently this was for the title. Yeah, like, what? Oh, they retained. And I'm like, dude, this is a match at first. And then they're like, oh, it's title match as well. Okay.
0: This is where they said thou shall not fuck with the Dudley boys.
1: And then what did they say?
0: I don't remember. I didn't write that down.
1: It's a Dudley Boys promo. You know what's next. Testify.
0: Oh, I think like, I remember him saying testify. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thoughts on the match? I thought it was really fun. I yeah, really like the fireball. Brawl. I I love I love a fire spot. I like a fire spot when it is used sparingly. I think that they overdo it with Kane in the early two thousands.
1: Well, Kane wasn't really throwing fireballs no, too often. No, but people
0: were trying to, like, scare him with fire. And, Ooh, spooky fire. I'm Triple H. I'm going to light you on fire. I didn't like that.
1: I'm really trying to think of like, any specific, like, Kane and fireballs. Thing. The only Remember one,
0: the thing on the ramp?
1: Well, I was going to say, the only things I can think of were Kane doing the bang your dead and just throws a fireball. There was also Triple H dressing up as Gold Dust for some reason, with a flamethrower, and then, early on in Kane's career, he had lightning strike one of the, like, <laughs> ring workers, and he just caught on fire. Which was ruined a bit by them having a large overlay at the bottom going, this is a stunt man."
0: Oh, I don't know if I saw that.
1: I don't think you have, but it's like, oh, that ruined that it a bit. That does kind
0: of suck. But it's just, it, fire was always a big part of Kane's character. Just and because, just because you read his book. No, because he also does the, like, the pull down and the fire shoots out of the rings.
1: Yeah, you know when you're afraid of something, you just, you, just Summon it. Summon it,
0: yeah. But there's just a lot of fire with him. It's just too much fire. When it's like, you don't expect it, I love it a lot.
1: You know, Indiana Jones, always using snakes as weapons.
0: Why did it have to be snake?
1: So from here, we get the pay-per-view opening package, which, again, is just like a general ECW hype package. Yeah, like, it's pretty generic. Like, Bam Bam Bigelow is still in it. I'm like, what
0: the fuck, you yeah, gotta update your graphics.
1: Oh, and for the record, we are watching one of the, like, original kind of streams again.
0: Oh, yeah, with the original music and all that jazz, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I guess us saying Highway to Hell probably, probably. Uh, cute people in yeah. that, but... Oh, because we actually forgot to mention the, the very start of this pay-per-view... The version we had, you can hear Joey Styles going, all right, guys, we're going live in 10, 9, 8.
0: But I loved that. Yeah. I really loved that. I, I don't know if they do that for other ones or if that was actually a botch or a mistake, but I thought it was so cool. Like, yeah, it was of, a like, cool kind of thing. An extra bit of authenticity with it.
1: So moving on, our next match is Super Crazy versus Taka Michinoku. We're
0: kind of zooming through this show right now.
1: I mean, to be fair... We, we're three matches in, but one was a minute long.
0: Uh, touche. You're right. But yeah, can we talk about Super Crazy's name?
1: Well, apparently in WWF, he was known as Super, Super Loco. Loco, yeah. yes. And speaking of WWF, I'm like, I thought Taco was in WWF. He is. I don't know what this is.
0: Yeah. You actually like, looked up his timeline, and he is, seems to be like... He's appearing on WWE
1: television like this week. Granted, it's their... Virtually unknown, like Hispanic network show. Like, I had never heard of the show. I didn't even remember. The, I didn't even write it down. I'm like, what yeah. the hell is the show?
0: I never, he- I never heard of it. I did note that Super Crazy took a sign from the audience that said, "Super Crazy is living la vida loca." I thought it was funny. I like when they take the signs and interact with the audience.
1: So we have actually briefly mentioned Super Crazy on this podcast before. Really? Yes. In terms of. He goes to WWF and joins Psychosis in a tag team. Oh, God. And apparently Whovie was part of this team. I didn't realize that for a little while. They are the Mexicals. You know, the guys who come out on lawnmowers.
0: This is not during the invasion, though.
1: No, this is like 2004, 2005. Okay. It was in, like, SmackDown versus Raw 2007, which would have been late 2006. So they did it for a while. Yikes let's focus on tonight because apparently Taka's character is that he's a big shot dickhead it's like oh I I wrestle at WWF fuck you guys it's the minor leagues
0: yeah I I guess like the best way to describe him is he's like a contractor for both or something and he just can like jump in between but that seems to be frowned upon with other wrestlers well WWF
1: and ECW have a pretty good working relationship so they? they might just let him work there okay The match starts, Crazy hits a leaping DDT and goes for a dive to the outside, but Taka catches him and does the heel tap the temple like, oh, I'm smart. Uh,
0: I'm smarter than you. Think about it.
1: Taka does heel kicks to Crazy, followed by chops against the ropes. Taka really is dominant early on here, including a tornado DDT, but he works Crazy over for a while.
0: Yeah, I was mostly just... I was noting um, Joey Styles' commentary during this more than anything, because I was getting a little disgusted with the, the race angle of this match. He said something along the lines of, like, the Japanese tend to have a problem with the Mexicans, so we'll see where this leads. I'm like, what? Why okay, is this a I race Okay, I mostly
1: match? tuned him out, so...
0: No, like, I caught that one, and it just, like, distracted me for a little while, so I didn't really watch a ton of it at that point, but I'm like, once they said that, it started to feel like dog fighting and I'm like, this is weird. Like... <laughs>
1: Taka goes for a second Tornado DDT, but crazy counters into a sit-out powerbomb. We get a springboard rana from the apron to the top rope from Taka.
0: Mm, that which was cool.
1: sounds complicated, but...
0: It, it sounds complicated, but it looked good. I liked it.
1: We then get a run-up springboard plancha for, that lands Taka on the barricade. It was a nice kind of thing of, like... I never see people like run up the ropes like steps.
0: Yeah, that was cool. It looked so seamless too.
1: Super crazy then hits a dive over the barricade from the ring and we couldn't see it because of the camera angle. We get in a replay. Apparently it was a springboard. I say moonsault. We then get super crazy working over Taka's knee. Taka goes up top and misses a moonsault. So then super crazy hits a moonsault from the first rope, Brett's rope, and then the top rope.
0: Why can't you just say the second rope?
1: Because it's Brett's rope.
0: When you're saying the, the first rope and the top rope, why can't you say the second rope or the middle rope?
1: Well, it's the most dangerous rope.
0: You can say you can call it the most dangerous rope.
1: He then goes for a top rope crossbody, but Taka counters with a drop kick. Taka then goes up top and hits a missile drop kick to the back of the head, which yeah, always looks rough.
0: I imagine that Taka is a pretty safe person to work with. So oh sure, yeah, yeah. Like honestly, any wrestler that comes from like New Japan, I feel like knows what the hell they're doing.
1: They tend to work a bit stiff. I mean, it's now the style has kind of been deemed strong style, mm. but they also train the fuck out of their necks, exactly. so yeah. they're definitely safe with each other. And
0: I'm not necessarily worried that they're going to end each other's careers. Yeah,
1: if you go through that training process in New Japan, it's like, yeah, you, you know what the fuck is up.
0: Yeah, and that's why I really like watching the Japanese wrestlers, because, like, I know that they've gone through good training, so I'm not worried that they're going to die, but they're really flippy and they're fun, and I really like to watch them, like... Like, even remember that, like, eight-person tag match that we watched? I think that
1: was six at the first ECW pay-per-view.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. And It was a mess. Yeah, and Taka was keep, in that one. Yeah. You couldn't keep track of who was coming in, who was going out, but they were flipping and they were running around and being real quick and fun with it. Yeah, I remember oh, I was getting
1: fun. exhausted by that match.
0: Oh, it was exhausting to, like, take notes on and try to, like, keep track of, but just watching it from a spectator view, very fun.
1: So in our match, Taka hits a Michinoku driver but doesn't go for the pin.
0: Yeah, I don't know why.
1: <laughs> he then goes for a second, but it gets countered into a DDT. Super Crazy then hits a pop-up powerbomb and then immediately hits a sit-out powerbomb, mm. which just felt odd. Mm. But the sit-out powerbomb is enough, and Super Crazy gets the win.
0: That was a wild match.
1: Yeah, definitely a lot of fun.
0: No, this was definitely a fun match to watch.
1: Agreed. Like, I had a feeling we're, we were in for a good show with these two. I think Super Crazy is one of those wrestlers who's like, perennially underrated. Hmm. Like he just never really gets too much love when talking about guys in this kind of division and this kind of style and I feel like he needs to get more of it.
0: Fair. I don't I don't remember hearing about him, so like I guess that says a lot.
1: Exactly. So I'm not as familiar with Super Crazy's career, so I don't know if we're gonna see him in any sense going forward. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. But you were saying before, you think we're rushing through these matches. I'm like, yeah, this show feels non stop for a, a while. Minus the fact that we kept we, we watched kept this in stopping. three part.
0: Yeah. Listen, it's been a rough week for us. We took, we took some breaks.
1: At commentary, Joey Styles hypes up Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn and throws to a video package for them. We then go backstage and in a weird thing for the night, the Dudleys find Joel Gertner like basically dead, which I thought was from the fireball spot, but he has a list of people to like take out. And I'm like, okay...
0: Yeah, this confused me because he was hired by Chris Candido to be his backup, right? So I thought this was a Candido thing.
1: No, Candido hired the Dudley boys. He didn't Joel Gertner.
0: Yeah, Joel Gertner was taken out. So like, then the Dudleys found this hit list. So I thought that this was a Candido hit list. No,
1: it was Joel Gertner's hit list.
0: Oh, I guess I didn't follow that. Yeah,
1: well, they really rushed through this segment. And I was like, oh, I'm not worried about this because you know, I probably won't come back too much. this is an ongoing thread through the night
0: yeah this is like the overarching dudley's story for the night
1: because they find a piece of paper and like an envelope of cash and it's like okay take out nova
0: who the hell is nova
1: just one of the guys on the roster and they're like okay it was like three grand or something and they're beating him down and bubba ray is just going i don't know what it's
0: for but take this yeah he's like but you're dead i don't know why but you're dead
1: so, we will return to these guys a couple times through the night, but you are talking about your love of the Japanese wrestlers. We get one of our favorites. My we get
0: boy Tajiri! We get
1: Tajiri versus Little Guido.
0: Which already sounds racist.
1: Yeah, he goes on to be Nunzio in WWF. Okay. With Big Sal.
0: This just sounds racist.
1: Big Sal, who's apparently 600 pounds, and I'm like... Bullshit. Yeah, I've seen heavier-looking wrestlers. But he does get a large amount of you fat fuck chance.
0: Oh, is that what they were saying? I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't differentiate that. There were so many different chants in this show, I didn't get them all.
1: So this match starts real technical to start, which mm-hmm. I guess I had only ever seen Nunzio portrayed as like a joke in WWF. Yeah. So this was surprising to me. I'm like, oh shit, he can go.
0: And we know how good Tajiri is. He's He can be technical when he wants to be.
1: He does an interesting move, which is like a leg lock throw. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, AJ Styles kinda of does that like leg lock flip kind of thing, setting up for the calf crusher, but Tajiri just lets go, like sends yeah, Little Guido send flying. flying yeah. We get a diving drop kick to the arm from Little Guido. I'm like, Jesus. Like that's technical. Going for the precision <laughs> yeah, missile the drop dropping. Precision. Kick. Tajiri dodges a dive to the outside and then hits a top rope cross body onto Guido and Sal. Sunset flip is countered and then but then countered again into a Tarantula from Tajiri. Mm,
0: I love the Tarantula.
1: But Sal breaks it up.
0: That's such a such a good submission move.
1: The issue is so you can't win with it because you're in the ropes. No, you
0: can't win with it, but it is so unique when it comes to like other submission moves.
1: I I do like the fact that it feels so dangerous that it's mm-hmm. like you can't win with it, but like you have 4 seconds to do a crap ton of damage.
0: Yeah. And you can and you will.
1: Tajiri counters her head scissors and then tosses Guido onto the ramp from the ring. We get a springboard Famouser onto the ramp. <laughs> Similar to our other match, we then get a step up the rope springboard splash from little Guido.
0: Yeah, I guess that's just like a thing that they were throwing around backstage and were like, let's just play with this.
1: Or they were watching the match go, oh crap, that'd be cool. Maybe, yeah. Guido catches a springboard cross body into an arm breaker in a really smooth transition there.
0: Yeah, Tajiri's the just so good.
1: Guido distracts the ref for Sal to interfere, but Tajiri kicks out. Sal then tosses Tajiri around the outside. It's real sloppy looking. Sal is clearly not a super trained wrestler.
0: No, he's just big. Wrestling tends to just like hire big people and be like, go ring Ra.
1: I actually have no idea who Sal is. I realized that kind of as I was watching this and I'm like, really? It's weird that I like never heard of a guy. yeah. Tajiri goes for a Hurricane Rana, but Little Guido catches him with a power bomb. Tajiri starts hitting drop kicks to the knees afterwards. I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. it's always nice getting those really targeted kind of body shots.
0: Yeah, when they're just like a drop kick that's not just like to your body as as a whole, it's more interesting.
1: He goes for a Dragon Suplex, but it ends up in a weird like pseudo airplane spin kind of move. We get a big slap, and then Guido is put in a tree of woe, followed by a rough-looking running drop kick to the head. Yeah. The jury knocks Sal off the apron, and then hits a spinning back kick, and then a brain buster to little Guido, and gets the pin.
0: With that, with that kick to the head, like we know that, like later on in the show, there are some like mental issues, like or concussions, I suppose I should say. Do you think that this was a concussion at all, or is it know. just rough?
1: I don't know, I mean, it it looked very uh, Malachi Black-esque mm. in current AEW, or Aleister Black in WWE. Like, it definitely was that kind of black mass back yeah, spin yeah. kick. It's
0: was... because we know that other people get concussed in this show, now I'm just, like, curious.
1: I don't know, but thoughts on the actual match?
0: It was good, I mean, it was it was fine. This is one that I was kind of coming in and out of um, interest in.
1: Yeah, we took a break after this one, because you yeah. were dying a bit. I thought this was a good match, it was not at all what I expected, which was nice.
0: That's always nice. When we watch wrestling together, Nick can kind of call matches as they're coming. Like, there are points where he'll be like, oh, he's about to do this move or this move or this combination of things. And he, and he's right. So when you're pleasantly surprised, I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this is good. It's kind of rare that Nick is like, oh, shit. So.
1: Well, oh, shit for a different reason. Up uh. next, we have a video package for Tommy Dreamer versus Lance Storm. Uh. The, uh fan of rick flair's penis tommy dreamer
0: oh tommy you're an idiot
1: this is also a weird promo package of they didn't do a great job telling the story it just really seemed like tommy dreamer wants to kill don marie and lance yeah. storm is a heel who's trying to stop this from happening
0: yeah because lance storm is the heel in this because he won't let don marie die
1: however what they're leaving out is that like don marie has been a total fucking heel and is going by Tammy Lynn Bitch B Y T C H, but is also going by Beulah.
0: Yeah, this, this is this where I got And apparently has
1: received plastic surgery to look like Beulah. So I'm just this like, is also
0: where I got confused because I don't believe in the three ECW pay per views we've watched. We saw the personification of Beulah. We didn't see her as a human because we saw the dummy that the Dudleys have. No, in
1: her. no, we we tightly saw her when. We saw her do commentary in so many quotes with Tommy Dreamer in Bill Legal's main event where oh. she just shows up, doesn't say a word, and just sits on commentary. How
0: could I forget? I know. Yeah, so when I saw her come out and they were like calling her Beulah, I was like, oh, that's Beulah. I, I think I said that to you. And they're like, oh, but they're Billinger's Tamulin bitch. And, he, and you're like, no, that's Dawn Marie. I'm like, I'm so lost. This is where I got confused. Yeah, I think rightfully so.
1: It's 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 a messy story. We then go backstage. The Deadly Boys now have a bounty for Rod Price on their list. What's up, Rod? Apparently, the price on him is three grand. Because the ongoing thing is also Bubba being like, oh, "I like Rod." It's like three grand. (laughs) It's like, okay,
0: Rod's gotta die. It's
1: like I never liked that hillbilly anyway.
0: Like as they were beating him up, they were going like, "What's up, Rod? What's up? Nothing personal, brother. What's up, Rod?"
1: Okay. It's a very polite beatdown. I know. We then get an ad for ECW's online catalog.
0: So I did go to ecwwrestling.com as I do. I always like to see if these websites, if somebody bought them and kept them alive as like a nostalgia site or something. This site is still alive. It looks, like I said, it looks like somebody bought it, but it is still about ECW wrestling. From what I read on the page, it looks like it's going to be. A this day in history of ECW, but who knows how old this page is. It is linking to a bunch of different ECW wrestlers, cameos, and personal merchandising pages.
1: So it seems newer.
0: Exactly. The cameo thing kind of got me to be like, oh, maybe. But they have, like, Tommy Dreamer and Rob Van Dam and Just Incredible. So, who knows? I, I have no idea.
1: I can only imagine what Tommy Dreamer's cameo requests are right now. <laughs>
0: Let's not think about it or talk about it. It's gross.
1: Well, let's go to his match. Because next up, we have Lance Storm with Tammy Lynn Bitch versus, versus Tommy Dreamer, who randomly comes out with the head cheerleader, Francine.
0: Yeah. What?
1: I don't know. I do not have an answer for you. And what a heel Lance Storm is, <laughs> yes. making Dawn Marie put on panties before she comes down to the ring.
0: Yeah, he like body shields hers and hands her underwear and makes her put them on before they come down the ramp.
1: Which is probably for the best, Honestly. because there's a lot of moments where you could probably see right up her crotch during this 100%. match.
0: 100%. The, the dress that she was wearing was quite short, so she'd bend over to like check on a wrestler or whatever. You can see her whole butt. And the audience will let you know when they could see her whole butt.
1: Well, they were also letting you know when you could see Francine's butt.
0: Maybe I'm confusing the two. They
1: were doing it for both. Okay. Cyrus leaves commentary before the match. He was so notable, we literally don't have any notes on his commentary.
0: Nope, not at all.
1: Yeah, it it was a little too insider, but it wasn't go away heat, at least an extreme level. It
0: wasn't go away heat, it was just why are you here heat.
1: Yeah. But I wouldn't say he actively took away from any of the matches for me.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Lance Storm comes out in jeans and a tank top. I'm like, this is a weird look for you.
0: It's very, um, it's very Billy Kidman.
1: Well, these are long jeans.
0: I know, but he's got his jorts.
1: Well, the reason for it is like, all right, this is going to be more of a street fight than like a wrestling match kind of thing. Tommy Dreamer comes out with Francine, as mentioned. Early on, we get an Aloha Dreamer, which leads to a trash can lid shot. Mm-hmm. Storm counters a DDT into a back heel trip onto a chair in a really weird looking spot where I was like, Oh.
0: So it, what is that what is that called a back heel trip? That's where they like lock your heel and like sweep that's, you down, right? That's
1: what Joey Styles called it. I also know it as like an STO in some of the uh wrestling games. Okay. Yeah, it was a weird look at I it. Like it. It, it might have just been the camera angle that made it look weird.
0: It's I think it's a good move and I don't think it's utilized enough.
1: then sets the chair up in the corner and both men kind of get tossed into it with, with, with back first, not head first. Stormland sets up a table at ringside so Dreamer tosses a guardrail in the ring. And misses a chair shot, which hits the guardrail. (laughs) Dreamer then gets dropped crotch first onto the guardrail. And Storm goes for a diving move, but just kind of misses.
0: Yeah, I didn't really get that one.
1: I think Tommy shifted a bit, but it was awkwardly done to where it just looked like Lance Storm completely missed.
0: Was bad at his job that day.
1: Tommy Dreamer goes up top, but gets caught and tossed face first onto a set up chair in the ring. It's like, ooh.
0: Yeah, that looked rough.
1: In a weird moment... Lance Storm does the flared turnbuckle spot (laughs) in a match against Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, right? And then tries to toss Dreamer through the table at ringside, but ends up getting back body dropped to the floor through the table.
0: As we know, because he set up the table, so he has to go through the table.
1: Storm then takes off his belt and whips Dreamer with it a few times. Very Hogan. And then shoves the buckle into Dreamer's face.
0: Very Hogan.
1: That's a weird comparison.
0: The belt taken off the clapped no, no, no,
1: no. I, I know the move was just in a vacuum comparing Lance Storm and Hulk Hogan. just feels like a weird... Yes,
0: they are very different.
1: <laughs> if I can be serious for a minute, brother. Jesus. Tommy Dreamer then sets up a very flimsy looking ladder between the ring and oh guardrail, God, yeah. but also gets tossed face first onto that.
0: You set it up, you go through it. That's, that's what happens. Storm
1: then goes for a baseball slide into the ladder, which would hit Dreamer. But Dreamer then lifts the ladder and then hits Storm with it. It's a nice little kind of duck and dodge spot. Yeah. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Yeah. Dreamer puts the ladder around Storm's head and then like runs it into the turnbuckle, which was an interesting looking spot, and then gets a chair and hits the back end of the ladder with it. She's <laughs> like Just spiking it right into the turnbuckle over the, uh, I guess the, I should really say the turnbuckle post, not the turnbuckle. Yeah. He then lays Landstorm across the ladder, but misses a top rope splash and lands on the ladder.
0: Yeah, I just don't know how, like, when he, he, the top rope splash, did he, like, did he roll off of the ladder? Yeah. Okay. So it's like, he missed it, but how the fuck did he miss it?
1: Storm sets up a table in the ring, but gets caught going up top, and Dreamer hits a Brett's rope Spicoli driver through the table for the win. Ooh. Piccoli Driver is the Death Valley Driver. He has renamed it for okay. for Luis Piccolo who at some point recently passed away. I don't oh. I don't remember the timeline on that quite as well. Mm. Blue is headed for the win, but it does not get the win because the ref is down. Cyrus the Virus then randomly runs down and breaks up the pin. Francine enters the ring and spears Cyrus. <laughs> well, like, Francine has done nothing in this match prior to this. she comes
0: in when she needs to.
1: And then gives him a Bronco Buster.
0: Oh my god, yeah.
1: Dawn Marie comes in and they catfight for a little bit until Tommy grabs Dawn Marie and gives her a pile driver.
0: The safest pile driver I've ever oh, seen. Oh, yeah.
1: Though. Tommy takes a back bump while holding.
0: Yeah, like that was not a pile driver.
1: There was a moment that I think was supposed to be sexual. I don't know. But. You know, pile driver. Your head's kind of near their crotch, and like Tommy does, like a big tongue out kind of. Motion. Oh yeah, and she's
0: doing like spread eagle. Yeah. basically number
1: two, number twenty two.
0: The, the spread, spread eagle.
1: The number is it number twenty two? No.
0: Veronica and Charlie doing number seventeen. The spread eagle.
1: After the pile driver, Landstorm hits a trash can shot, then puts it over Tommy's head and hits a diving spin kick. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then Storm gets the pin. Yay in the match?
0: I liked it. I thought it was all right. I
1: liked it. It felt kind of similar to the Dudley Boys match, and yes. I liked that one better.
0: Agreed. This one is a little more forgettable than that.
1: Yeah, the, it was weird that it's like, oh, the face gets revenge on the woman, but then loses the match. Yeah, they do a weird spot afterwards of, like, Tommy crawling out and Francine's with them. I don't know why Francine's with them. In terms of story, I don't know how much that ties yeah. in, but... Again, we're also not watching ECW weekly, right. so that may be why.
0: They did a good job at explaining everything else, though. So the fact that that wasn't explained, there might not be a reason behind it.
1: Backstage, the Dudley boys continue their bounty list. Jack Victory is apparently next on the list. And, like, oh, what the hell? Jack's our boy. It's like five grand. I'm like, all right.
0: There goes our boy.
1: Yeah, they managed to, like, sneak up on him because it's like, Defun's like, I got to poop. I got to take a shit. Come on. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah.
1: And. There's a beautiful shot of Bubba hides while Devon is trying to draw Jack Victory out. And Bubba just peeks his head out of this like dark doorway. It looks like a cartoon.
0: (laughs) The Dudley Boys are a little cartoonish. In like a good way though.
1: Yeah, the two beat him down and that's it for Jack Victory. Yeah. We then get a really creepy shot of Taz's face. And he's kind of like... Trying to sell, so like hunched over and like just looked unsettling. It
0: was just so tight on his face too that I was just, I didn't really catch anything he said because I was just so turned off by the shot of it.
1: Yeah, he cuts a promo, and the main gist is he challenges them to a fight tonight. He's like, I don't want to wait until you know next TV pay per view, whatever. Like, no, tonight.
0: Yeah. And I'm, then, go ahead.
1: and then there's an interviewer who did not get set up, but as, as, like, before this. Who tries to wrap up the segment and Taz is like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Try to steal my line? And then does his catchphrase. It was so bizarre.
0: I'm just so not into Taz. I, I remember you saying like, oh, you'll like him in ECW. You like him where he's like peak Taz. I am just still so not into Taz. Okay. He's not for me. I was thinking it later on when we do get this match. It's like, I just, I don't care. You just I don't, I'm so much more interested in the other people in this match. It's is just incidental to me.
1: Well, fair enough. We'll get his match later on. Next up, we get Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam for the television title. But Rob Van Dam's not alone, Emily. Who's with him?
0: You'll remember in, I believe it was, it it must, was it Heat Wave? It
1: was both, I want to say.
0: (laughs) You'll remember in our past ECW pay-per-view podcasts, there's one character that makes us want to rip our... Eardrums out of our ears, our eyeballs out of our sockets, and it made us turn the volume off of our television, which makes watching wrestling very difficult. It is the Whistler, Bill Alfonso. I fucking hate this man.
1: So yeah, Bill Alfonso and his fucking Whistler here. Choke on it. Sabu is not here in kayfabe. Sabu cannot enter any arena doing wrestling. Because it's some weird, like, athletic commission thing. I wasn't sure who was responsible for this at first, and then it's like, oh, it's Justin Credible's, like, lawyer or something. Mm. But can we talk about how fucking over Rob Van Dam is here?
0: And for why.
1: He's meant to be the heel, too.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, like, I love Rob Van Dam. Like, we're watching him in our watch Like, he's a good character. I like him enough as a wrestler. He just showboated. Seventy-five percent of this match was just him showboating. That, okay, and I suppose that no, that's like a heel give thing. give credit.
1: The, it, the first five minutes, of this match is a lot of showboating, and it works real slow. Once they get going, it's not. They stop do. Like they
0: do stop-start a bit.
1: Well, there's a reason for that as well, but we'll get into that. But
0: when they stop-start, he showboats. I just I find it very frustrating to watch.
1: Okay. I yeah. I wasn't bothered by this at all.
0: Oh, I really was. I did not like this match spoiler.
1: Oh wow, really? Yeah, no. Yeah, Jerry Lynn is effectively working heel here and they roll with it, which is nice. They don't try to do the Roman Reigns no you love him. Yeah. They do constant quick counter kind of dodges to start the like oh, I can't hit you, you can't hit me kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that made either of them come off looking good though.
1: Yeah, that's a spot that's divisive. I'm not huge on it. Some people like, oh my god, this this is the greatest wrestling I've ever seen.
0: Yeah,
1: as mentioned, the first like five minutes, Rob Van Dam is constantly chatting with the crowd and just being like, oh, you know, I'm great. Just, you know, And if he's the heel, you he
0: would never know it because every time he stops, the crowd loses their goddamn minds.
1: Yeah, they're at least rolling with the roles they have tonight, especially the type of match they're doing. It, you can get away with kind of just flipping it for the night. Mm-hmm. We get a triangle drop kick from Jerry Lynn and then it's a dive from up top to the floor. Lynn hits a Brett's Row guillotine leg drop to RVD getting in the ring. Then, shortly thereafter, follows up with an avalanche bulldog. Lynn goes up top, but gets crotched by Bill Alfonso. Alfonso then goes to hold a chair in front of Lynn's head, but Lynn counters it and hits Rob Van Dam with a chair.
0: Oh no, the one thing that didn't want to happen.
1: Well, that's not quite this one.
0: I know, but I don't think Bill Alfonso intended for that chair to be used on no, but his man. he didn't swing it and hit Rob Van Dam. No. Down.
1: So, this is where the match takes a turn because Lynn gets crouched on the top rope, and RVD hits like a springboard back kick, and one rVD's foot hits him pretty good two I it's on one of the thin mats, but Jerry Lynn lands virtually head first on the outside, yeah, and is knocked out.
0: This is where what I was talking about earlier was there was a concussion. This is that concussion.
1: Yeah, like RVD has to deadlift Jerry Lynn up at one point, and yeah. they kind of kind of tosses him into the fans, just like trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I don't know where it happens for RVD. RVD gets a concussion in this match too.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh god, that doesn't make any sense. This match went so long. They're both concussed. It's
1: 1999.
0: What the hell? Like talk to each other and be like, just have it.
1: I think. Both these guys have too much pride to do that. I
0: don't
1: know. RVD hits a flying clothesline over the barricade to a seated Jerry Lynn. Just, you know, like in the front row, everything, you know, what's up? Yeah. How's the show? RVD then gets dropkicked over the barricade and they go back inside. Lynn goes for a pile driver, but RVD counters it, hits an Alabama slam, goes for a rolling thunder, but misses. RVD counters a tornado DDT into a northern light suplex. Nice little spot. Mm-hmm. Jerry Lynn sets up a table at ringside, but gets backdropped into the front row. Bill Alfonso tosses Jerry Lynn a chair to hold, and then Arvidius hits a springboard kick using the gar rail as ropes oh, into man. the chair into Jerry Lynn. <laughs> we were kind of noting, it's like, man, getting a concussion in a Rob Van Dam match sucks because his main offense is
0: it's kicking all chairs kicks.
1: into your face and kicking you in the head.
0: Oh my god, yeah. I didn't realize they were both concussed. That makes this match even harder to watch.
1: They get on the apron, and Jerry Lynn goes for a top rope Hurricane Rana to the floor, but Rob Van Dam backdrops him the other way to the floor. Mm. I think he was potentially supposed to go through like the ringside table, but just kind of clips it on the way down. Not in yeah. a, not in a like holy shit momentum changing of like your the you know of like, gravity, but it's like a oh I think you were supposed to go through that.
0: Yeah,
1: RVD lays Jerry Lynn on the barricade and then hits his corkscrew leg drop from the apron. We get a spot that made me laugh of RPD doing a springboard flip and then grabs a chair and then throws it into Jerry Lynn.
0: Yeah, he doesn't use the chair to like hit him with it, just tosses it at yeah, him. Yeah,
1: and then and then kicks the chair. Yeah. Like,
0: what was the point of the flip? Just, again, buddy. Style points. Yeah. He's
1: trying to build up his special trick meter in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah,
0: he's trying to get that combo score.
1: We get a vaulting leg drop to the back of Lynn's head, and it's just like, oh, God, stop Please hitting stop his head.
0: stop it. Stop doing head moves.
1: We get an apron sunset flip power bomb through a table on the floor from mm-hmm. Jerry Lynn. And Jerry Lynn's feet catch the table a little bit. Like, ooh, that could have gone poorly. It
0: could have been bad. Luckily, it wasn't.
1: Yeah, he kind of like tipped the table towards him a little bit, which yeah. actually may have been better for RVD.
0: Maybe. it. Just, everything about this match was just like a little wrong.
1: Bill Alfonso then comes in with the chair again, and Jerry Lynn catches the chair and just fucks it right back at Good Bill Alfonso. Bless him. Which we thought was him written out for the match, but unfortunately, he comes back.
0: Him and his whistle return.
1: Jerry Lynn hits a bridging German suplex for a two.
0: Which I've told Nick, any kind of bridging suplex move, very impressive. Like, why don't we laud those moves more? When these men do the, the bridges in any of their matches, why don't we laud that more? So impressive.
1: The two go up and kind of jockey for position for some sort of, like, belly-to-belly, top-rope suplex, but both men kind of slip off. Yeah. I swear, before they hit the ground, the entire arena is chanting, you fucked up.
0: Seriously. Immediately. It was so
1: quick. I'm like, like, Jesus. Yeah, it was
0: a botch, but, like... Now that I know that they are both concussed, like, it makes a little more sense that it was botched. But yeah, you're right. It was so fast for the eyes to just turn on these guys. Like I know yeah. that you've said like, they're, like, they're tw- looking for this kind of stuff to chant yeah. you fucked up.
1: And they're like 20 minutes into this match, too. Yeah, it's like, not a short more. match. This match goes 26 minutes. I mean, mean a
0: long-ass match.
1: We then get a Van Daminator from Jerry Lynn. Stealing his move.
0: Ooh, heel.
1: Lynn goes for a cradle pile driver, but RVD rolls him up for a two. We then get a split-legged moonsault from RVD. And afterwards hits a beautiful five-star frog splash. Mm -hmm. But as he goes for the pin, Jerry Lynn reverses it in like an inside cradle. Only gets a two, though.
0: And this is the point with all this back and forth of the pins and the twos. This is when I'm like, just take the pin.
1: Yeah, shortly after that, we get a Van Daminator to Jerry Lynn. And then another five-star frog splash with a big bounce from Rob Van Dam after he hit it. And he gets the pin. Finally. The two high five after the match is a show of respect, which I know you don't always like.
0: I mean, I'll take it or leave it.
1: it I mean, Joey thoughts commentary. is like, Rob Van Dam is usually an asshole. That's rare for him.
0: <laughs> well, yes. He is an asshole.
1: So you did not like this match, you're saying? Not
0: really. It was slow. It was, it was not like, I like the faster pace, so it was a little too slow for me. A little too showboaty for me. Messy. Concussions never make me happy. I don't know. I just was not into this at all.
1: I thought this match was really good. And if you condense the first five minutes into one minute, just all that kind of stop, start, and then got rid of the fucking whistle, like, this would be... That's true. The whistle
0: also right. made it lose about three and a half stars for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it lose three and a half.
0: Bill, Bill Alfonso and that whistle ruin everything for me.
1: This is the highest rated match in the show. I think it got four yeah, and a Jesus. quarter.
0: Jesus. I was so bored during it. I was just so not into it.
1: So apparently this opens the next... ECW television show there was gonna be a whole Paul Heyman shoot promo on the on the network that they didn't end up airing so they aired this instead really
0: oh that'd be fun I love Paul Heyman shoot promos I don't like Paul Heyman but I like it when he like goes off
1: we go backstage the Dudley boys pace and cut a promo on Taz
0: You're just talking shit on him
1: suddenly Big Dick Dudley arrives and he's like guess who I got it's Taz's cousin you know, like, yeah,
0: did we know that this person was Taz's cousin? Like, he's a, is he a established character? You don't know.
1: I have no idea. While well, beating him down, DeFi manages to break his hand in a lot of quotes. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I guess that's how they're deciding who's going to face Taz later, right? So seems like yeah, later on we got Taz and Bubba Ray Dudley.
0: I love Bubba Ray, so I'm i I was looking forward to that. I don't like Taz, but I love watching Bubba Ray work, so I'll take it.
1: All right, this next segment might take longer for us to talk about than the segment was. Mm, maybe. Because we get a Just Incredible versus Shane Douglas hype package. Mm-hmm. We come back from that, and we get Joey Styles telling us that Shane Douglas isn't here, and he probably won't be coming back.
0: Yeah, did you have any like backstory on that?
1: There's a bit of back and forth about who is more in the wrong. What I've managed to gather is Shane Douglas was owed money from... Various dates, them putting business expenses on like his credit cards. Mm. He was owed money, potentially as much as $80,000. Yikes. This was going to be his last match in ECW. He was going to leave after Oh, okay. And according to Shane Douglas, he was not sent a plane ticket by Paul Heyman, so he didn't show up. Okay, that's fair. Paul Heyman points out, it's a three-hour drive from where you live. I didn't think you needed a plane ticket. Okay Shane Douglas was at an indie show The night before Going That place is going out of business
0: Real? Oh shit Okay So there's a lot of factors there
1: Yeah Shane Douglas was already leaving And was pissed off I think he decided You know what Fuck it You fucked me over But you owe me a lot of money So Yeah And I don't believe Shane Douglas ever goes back So I think that's it for him
0: Do we see Shane Douglas in WCW? Yes I thought so
1: So that's it for Shane Douglas In terms of ECW I don't even think he shows up on any of, like, the reunion shows or anything like that. Or at least ones that have Paul Heyman involved.
0: Oh, really? I mean, I guess that makes sense. Like, if Paul Heyman's kind of being a dick to him, like, I wouldn't...
1: However, we do still get Justin Credible coming out alongside the sexiest... Sorry, the self-proclaimed sexiest man alive, Jason.
0: Jason.
1: (laughs) And an unnamed woman.
0: The name Jason is just so unsexy to me. I'm so sorry. If there you said Jason's. this last... Li- yeah. You
1: literally said this verbatim last Maybe, time. Maybe,
0: because it's still just so jarring when it's like, the so proclaimed sexiest man alive, Jason. Like, come on.
1: Justin Credible grabs a mic and brags about his recent accomplishments. Then really shoehorns in a line about how there's no, like, justice system that can contain him. Or... It was so lazy just to, yeah. to get Judge Jeff Jones out.
0: Yeah, is this an established character? Who the hell is Judge Jeff Jones? I mean,
1: established is relative, but he is a character on ECW television. And Judge Jeff Jones says that he is going to receive justice from the man. And I don't know whether this was meant to be a nod to the fact that he used to have the last name Justice in kayfabe. But the man that comes out is Sid. Yeah. Returning to ECW after wrestling earlier in the year and then no showing events. And they managed to get him back for a night.
0: Father of big brother alumni Frank. Yes. And once you see his son and then you see Sid, it's like, wow, you are absolutely father and son.
1: So Sid comes down to the ring and beats down Credible and signals for a powerbomb. But Jason stops it and Jason gets powerbombed. Mm Mm-hmm. At some point the match has started during this. There's not a bell there to wasn't start. A bell. Yeah. Just Incredible hits Sid with a kendo stick, but it has no effect, and then Sid hits him with a choke slam.
0: I was kind of ready for you to make a Pokemon reference there.
1: Sid signals for a power bomb and starts to go for it, but Lance Storm then comes down, hits a springboard drop kick, but it also has no effect.
0: Again, ready for it.
1: Much like using psychic on a Houndoom. There it is. That one didn't feel as good.
0: Cause you knew that I was ready for it. Yeah. You like catching me off guard.
1: So the drop kick has no effect. So Storm gets chokeslammed as well. Sid then goes to hit a power bomb on Lance Storm. But then Just Incredible throws powder in Sid's eyes. And the two work him over.
0: Bam, pocket sand.
1: (laughs) They lay Sid on a table, like, on the ramp. And then Sabu comes down. Sabu! And he makes the save, kinda. Because he he brawls with Just Incredible and Lance Storm... And then lays Just Incredible on the table. However, Sid is still on the table.
0: Yeah, so now Sid and Justin are on the table together.
1: So Sabu goes for his springboard leg drop, but Lance Storm pulls Just Incredible out of the way. So Sabu only hits Sid.
0: Yeah, what? (laughs) This is a mess.
1: Security then comes down to be like, oh, you're not allowed here, and and escorts Sabu from the building. But Sabu fights them off, including diving through a security guard who he's laid on a table. (laughs) He then scampers to the back, and somehow this segment ends with Sid powerbombing Judge Jeff Jones twice.
0: No idea how we got here.
1: And Joe like, I guess that's the end for that group. And then the screen freezes, and you hear a voice go,
0: I have to go now. My planet needs me.
1: Because we never see Sid on ECW television again. Really? <laughs> or at least maybe the next night, but he'll will wrestle one house show and then be gone. Wow. I don't think he shows up the, the, next, uh, the <laughs> next thing of TV, but thoughts on the segment?
0: I don't even know.
1: Yeah, they wanted to put Justin Credible over, I guess, kind of clean with Shane Douglas. I but guess, yeah. It ended with... Sid looking better than just Incredible. Yeah, and
0: nobody that like was part of this initial storyline came out looking better.
1: Also, weirdly, Sid power bombs Judge Jeff Jones and everyone's like one more time and maybe he waits too long or something because he hits the second one and no one cares. Yeah. It was like what
0: the fuck? Y'all were just saying, like, do it again, do it again, do it again. Now nobody's like nobody cares. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah, this this was a segment, not a match. It apparently is deemed like a draw or something, but who
0: the hell knows?
1: We'll also see Sid somewhat soon in WCW, yeah. so I don't know when he shows up, but want to say it's in the next, like, two months or so.
0: So, does anybody in this time, this era, does anybody leave ECW for WWE in this era, not when everything is dead? Dudley Boys. I'm not saying, like, I'm saying... No, Dudley things... Boys leave
1: in three months. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't realize. Taz that.
1: leaves at the end of this year, like, oh. six months from now.
0: God, I thought they all stuck it out. No.
1: The issue is a lot of guys come over before WrestleMania 17, Mm -hmm. which is before the invasion stuff. Because ECW was kind of done. But yeah, in terms of the calendar year 99, I think on this show it might just be the Dudley Boys and Taz. There are a couple more guys that definitely do show up, but aren't as big a deal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess I thought that they stuck around longer. I didn't realize. Because it does seem like whenever anybody's leaving from ECW right now, they're going to WCW, not WWF. Yeah. So I was just interested in that.
1: Next up, we get Joey Styles hyping up our main event, which is Bubba Ray Dudley versus Taz. Bubba comes out with both tag belts and signed Guy Dudley. He grabs a mic, doesn't say much of note, but gives the crowd context that Devon broke his hand, beating the living shit out of Taz's cousin, in his words.
0: Were you getting annoyed with, when Bubba Ray was coming down the ramp, he was talking at the camera and like kind of doing a pre-promo promo promo, and Joey Styles was talking over it. Were you getting annoyed by that? No. I was. I want to hear Bubba.
1: Short version of the promo, he's going to be the new ECW champion. Taz comes out and they start out fast and Taz hits a suplex. Taz then grabs a mic and makes it FTW rules, which means it's going to be false count anywhere. Taz gets distracted by sign guy Dudley and Bubba gets the advantage and Bubba just works over Taz for a good portion of this match.
0: Which
1: I love. They brawl up the ramp, and a good portion of this match is just kind of nothing brawling.
0: So at the top of the ramp, Taz grabs a sign from the audience and hits Bubba with it.
1: Well, was it, it the audience or was it the stage? Because it was, it was like a stage. metal sign, it sounded like. But
0: it was. An, it said FTV, which you've told me is Fuck the World. Well, why is it V?
1: I think it was just a poorly made sign. It was supposed to be W. It definitely said V. Again, I. I
0: I know, it, was, it just, it definitely said FTV, so when I asked you, FTV, what does that stand for, and you said, fuck the world, I was confused.
1: Yeah, you know, it's the uh, FT <laughs> It Might be too niche a joke. We do get an interesting spot, which I don't think I'd seen before, where they're fighting on the ramp, and we get an Irish whip to the ropes, and Bubba bounces off the ropes and then bounces back, you know, like you would mm-hmm. inside the ring, but it's on the ramp. I'm like, oh. It's not a spot oh, you I see a bunch because it's usually a lower ramp.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: This leads to a drop toe hold. Like nothing really in- nothing really exciting came out of that. I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. They brawl through the crowd and then into the lobby. It's a lot of just punches, kicks, nothing yeah. super interesting. They go back into the ring eventually. Bubba works over Taz. And then Taz catches him with a breadth rope Tazplex. Devon then comes out and hits an inverted DDT for a two count. We didn't get a messy minute or two of Bubba setting up a table in the corner, tosses Taz to the outside, and then like readjusts the table, sets up a second table, mirroring it, and then adjusts like both of them to be even lower. I'm like, what the I, hell are yeah, you going for, I have for no it, dude? idea. Then this was all set up for like the, the two put one of the refs through one of the tables.
0: Yeah, so like I, I can't remember exactly what the lead-up to it was. The ref like kept coming in between Taz and Bubba. They both just kind of, like, looked at each other and grabbed the ref and just, like, flipped him through the table. And then all of a sudden they were back against each other again. They teamed up for all of ten seconds. Oh, yeah. Just to fuck a ref. But then another ref came in immediately.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the point of that spot was.
0: Yeah, there was no delay or any kind of, like, semblance of reality in it.
1: Yeah, Bubba then hits a sit-out powerbomb. And we get d re-entering the ring. And they hit a 3-D-B, yeah. which is, like, the back suplex neck breaker kind of thing. 3-D-B. Devon goes for a 3D, but Taz counters it into a DDT and then T-bones Bubba through the other table. Bubba goes for a move, but Taz manages to counter it and slips behind him and locks in the Taz mission and gets the win.
0: Yay! It
1: picked up down the stretch, but this wasn't anything special to me.
0: To me, this was way better than the RVD match. Are you okay. kidding? I
1: Just them brawling through and not doing anything just kind of killed it for me.
0: Yeah, but it had enough moments of momentum that made up for it, I think.
1: Yeah, the last couple minutes of this definitely picked up. I did laugh at Devon throwing punches at Taz, and he would punch and then, like, shake his hand, like, oh, I forgot I broke my hand.
0: Yeah, but, like, that I like that. That's good selling. Oh, I like it. Good selling.
1: I just find it funny. Like, ow, my hand.
0: There are so many times that we, like, are watching WWE TV, and they're like, oh, I have an injured knee. Let me kick you with my injured leg and not sell it at all. But yeah, it just watching Devon kind of sell it it made me just remember how good of a wrestler these two are.
1: So I don't really have an answer on why they did the Chris Candido match for a minute and then this. The closest I can kind of figure is there were rumblings that Chris Candido was going to leave after the show because he was also owed money. Oh. And, you know, they kind of jobbed him out. And I guess they came to an understanding because apparently Candido was paid $23,000 and then was like, okay, I'm, I'm good to stay.
0: But he was also owed like eighty.
1: That's what Candido says. Jeez. He says 80. So it's messy.
0: It really shows how much these guys love this this company. That they're willing to just kind of work without money like that. Yeah,
1: and sometimes it's not having a ton of options of places to go.
0: I suppose. But like, oh my God. Yeah,
1: because Sonny is kind of poison right now and is poisoning the well for Chris Candido, who mm. is a good wrestler, but he's not a change the face of your promotion no. kind of... Like, is going downhill. The answer is not bringing Chris Candido. No. But, so that's kind of my theory of, you know, we don't know if this guy is staying. We don't want to make him look competitive with Taz, so.
0: Fair. Or we just don't want him to have to, like, stick around for the entire show when there's, like, an extra two hours and he could just leave.
1: Yeah, eventually.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's Hardcore Heaven 1999. I
0: feel like we went through that quick.
1: Thoughts on the show as a whole?
0: Underwhelmed really like I kept I kept longing for Barely Legal and Heat Wave like I wanted those shows again I remember being so impressed by Barely Legal
1: well I was gonna say Barely Legal had the one match that made me want to die which well, is yeah. Shane Douglas and Pitbull number two <laughs> I don't yeah. think there was anything on here that made me want to die
0: no it wasn't necessarily like this is the stupidest match ever it's just like I don't want to watch anymore. I'm
1: bored. Yeah, this wasn't as good as the other pay-per-views, but is better than a good handful of the WCW shows we watched recently.
0: Definitely.
1: I don't hear a lot of people talk about this show, and there's probably good reason for that. As much as I enjoyed the uh, Rob Van Dam Jerry Lynn match, I don't know how much I say seek out that match.
0: No, I've, well, you know how I feel about that. it. Yeah, there's
1: nothing here that I'm like, oh, you need to watch this show to see this. Yeah. But let's go to best bits and MVP. Emily, okay. what's your best bit?
0: I gave my best bit to the fireball.
1: Okay. The, I really a single like Single spot.
0: Yeah, I like, it's a bit, is it not? It is. I really like, I like a fire spot, especially when it works well. So I gave it to that.
1: I'm going to give mine to Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. Okay.
0: We are going to disagree. It's fine.
1: Honorable mention to the opening tag match. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I think especially given the circumstances of one man getting very clearly knocked out and the other one at least getting some form of concussion. It's like, that's a great match given the circumstances.
0: Okay. I'll let you have it. What do you have for MVP?
1: He made me laugh through a lot of the show. He didn't have a great outing in his second match, but I'm giving mine to Bubba Ray Dudley.
0: Okay, I gave mine to the Dudley boys as a whole. Okay. So, mostly for, like, backstage segments, because I really love them.
1: Bubba was making me laugh during a lot of the backstage segments. Oh and I, you know, him doing the mischievous look peeking out of a doorway might have, might have it <laughs> sold it for me.
0: Maybe that's the best bit.
1: So that's going to do it for this episode of the and Seeds Podcast. Next up, the May 17th, 1999 Nitro.
0: How excited are you to go back to Nitro?
1: I'm excited to see what the hell's going to happen with Eric Bischoff.
0: I'm yes, excited now to be let down in...
1: by what's going to happen with Eric Bischoff.
0: Yes. Now that he's back in the uh, the storylines, I'm interested. I hate him, but I'm interested.
1: We're on the road to our next pay-per-view, which I believe is the Great American Bash. And I'm looking. It is. That's mid-June 1999. And Why would
0: it be in July? That makes too much sense.
1: I think some years it is. I think it's just a calendar thing. It is at the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. Now known as the Royal Farms Arena. Shout out to Rofo.
0: Rofo! Are we going to be watching another ECW um, pay-per-view down the line?
1: We will. Our next one is going to be Anarchy Rules, spelled R-U-L-Z, 1999. But that'll be in, like, September. So we have a little while. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Butts in the Pod. Search us on Facebook, Butts in the Seeds Podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Uh, yeah, it's five. Damn, okay. The five times, five times, five times, <laughs> five times, five times. Listen five times.
0: Listen once on every platform.
1: So until next time, thanks for listening to the Lessons These Podcast.
0: Bye.